Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi, everyone. Hello. We're doing the thing again. (laughs) Welcome to this week's Geek Thyself. Uh, we decided that after having a small tangent for like two minutes on it from our last episode that we might as well just do a full topic on it as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about allergies. Yes. And more so we're going to be talking about the common allergies. So yeah. things like the sneezing and the itchy eyes and stuff like that. Not necessarily yeah. any um really really rare allergies we're also for anyone who's worried we're not going to go into like the in-depth this receptor plus this chemical plus this receptor plus this chemical leads to like we're not going to go down like a full pathway um no uh because i'd have to do a lot more yeah yeah i i don't have time but we'd have to do a lot more research and we don't have time yeah no (laughs) Uh, and that gives you things you want to look at if you want to because we've always said with this is we're not here to tell you everything we're here to hopefully inspire your own looking into some topics that we discuss hopefully that'd be fun yeah and we we try Uh, to do some of the research for you in case you don't have time to go out and do it yourself but if there's a topic that really strikes your fancy you should go look at it more in depth on your own as well absolutely uh, so with this topic, I said it briefly in our last one, is that I don't think I have any allergies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's uncommon or common. We've just done a little bit of looking into it. Uh, and apparently about 20%-ish of people have a form of allergy, mm-hmm. roughly. Uh, so I, I guess I always just thought it was more common than maybe it is. Although, to be fair, I've got to say, I don't really know too many people with allergies. Well, I think it partly depends on where you are also. The other thing is, um, depending on the kind of allergy. So, Mm -hmm. like, for example, people who have pollen allergies and things like that. Yeah, Yeah, depending on how severe your allergy, Mm -hmm. your allergic reaction is, and your particular body handles the allergen, Sometimes you can build up a little bit of a tolerance for things that grow yeah, yeah, yeah. around you. So that makes sense. Um, like for example, oh sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying that makes sense. Uh, carry on. Yeah. So you you can sometimes build up a slight tolerance for what's around you, but also um, it can be that you have the allergic reaction. However, whatever you're allergic to doesn't happen to grow in your area. That that's also true, I mm-hmm. guess. And there's also the potential that if it's mild enough, you might not even notice it's an allergen. I guess. Right. It it could be like you have a couple of days of, huh, my eyes are kind of itchy, or you have a couple of days of, gee, I sneezed that's a few more throat. times today. Yeah. 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 It it could be something very minor that you don't even realize is because symptoms. Because you know, it's just the common things that you do anyway, just a little bit often. Yeah. And it's not super. Uh, you know, noticeable. Obviously, I I've never heard of anyone being hyper hyper allergic to 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 hay fever, or um um I guess pollen, 
yeah. I don't know if that's super common. I've I've heard of people having like EpiPens and stuff like that for mainly things you ingest. Mm-hmm. Is is that right? Those tend to be some of the more severe allergens. Yeah. Um, some of the things that people are familiar with that are more severe allergic reactions, it's things like peanuts, shellfish, yeah. um, uh... and bee stings. Things like that, where people yeah. will actually go into anaphylaxis um, yeah. and have uh, basically a type of shock. Anaphylaxis is it's a really serious allergic reaction. Um, it's very rapid. Yeah. It happens very quickly. And it's severe enough that it can cause death because yeah. one of the things that happens with an allergic reaction is that, um, you know, part of the reason that we get like sniffly and our eyes get itchy and stuff is because of inflammation yeah it attacks your, your sinuses right so uh, yeah what happens specifically yeah what happens unfortunately with an anaphylactic reaction is that your body has such a fast and strong response to the allergen that you get a lot of swelling and that swelling can cause you to not be able to breathe. It can cause severe inflammation in different parts of your body that can cause a lot of health concerns. And it can also cut off blood flow, especially to your brain Mm -hmm. and your heart. It's uh, like, I've not really done super, super a lot of research into uh, allergies because I'm like I said, I've been quite fortunate in the fact that I don't think I've got any or Mm -hmm. I don't have any that I have to, seriously worry about i know i'm quite fortunate with that uh so yeah uh, there's um the list of things that i mean anyone can have an anaphylaxis yeah um and the thing is too unfortunately it can happen even to things where you would have had no way to know that you were allergic to it um most medications especially nowadays are tested very heavily but there are some people who will have anaphylactic reactions to medications that they're given and if you've never had the medication before there's not necessarily any way for your doctor to know it's going to happen it there's a short list it's not like you know if you go get the average medication from your doctor it's not necessarily going to happen but there are a few that we use daily that people do know um can lead to anaphylactic reactions i'd have to look up i'm not sure about aspirin i know penicillin is one oh yeah i've heard of that one actually uh oh that's actually a really interesting kind of question then like with those kind of medications Mm -hmm. if they're treating someone who's younger like maybe uh, I don't know, like uh, an infant or stuff. Is there a way of testing that before giving them a full dose? And... They they do have allergy testing that can be done. The effectiveness of the testing depends on what you're testing and ha- and what your method is. So, okay, um, one of them is a skin prick test, which I think a lot of people have heard of, where they basically, um, they usually do it on like your arm or sometimes they'll do it on your back, but they basically create like a grid on your skin and you get punctured with a tiny, um, with a needle that's got the allergen on it in in like all those different spots. And they're all checked in a couple of days to see what the reaction is see i actually have an interesting story about that one specifically it's not my story it's my partner's story uh but i'm I'm not gonna name them so it's fine Mm -hmm. uh but when they went to do that test 
because of how many allergies uh, they have, and they have quite a few, uh, which is why I was looking at it a little bit more in detail, just because they're allergic to a lot of things like chicken and egg yolks and mm-hmm. all of those kind of things. Um, what was really... Uh, they said it uh, They said it was a funny story, but I, I can't imagine this being comfortable at all. They had a lot of those tests, but they had them done on their back mm-hmm. because of how many there were. The problem is, uh, obviously, uh, those uh, pricks are covered with uh, the uh, tape, uh, to uh, which is... Uh, I can't know what it's called. Um drawing a blank but i know yeah it's it's like a special medical tape that seals it in yeah and uh uh and it's uh meant to be allergen free Mm -hmm. but with this particular story the thing that my partner was the most allergic to was the tape oh no i yeah i've heard of that happening before i have a co-worker actually who's allergic to certain types of the skin tape yeah. So used. when, so when all of these were taken off of their back, they had all of these small rashes where every bit of tape was, mm. and there were so many of them. And uh, they say they they talk about it as like it's a a funny story, but I'm just like that just sounds horrible. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, um, yeah. So there are downsides to the test, also. Um... Yeah. And and how severe your reaction will be from the skin prick test is going to vary. Um, yeah, uh, the, but the whole point is that they use a very small dose of, of it to mm-hmm. try and extrapolate how bad a bigger dose could be, I, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Yeah, and so that's one also thing. Get blood tests to diagnose some things. There are some blood tests that will work for certain types of allergens. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends a lot on the allergen in question how effective and um accurate the test is okay um uh, it's an interesting question so i'm gonna ask it how do you go about doing that with your job because obviously people don't know heather works uh, at a veterinary clinic uh, mm-hmm. with uh taking care of animals what do you do or uh, what does your place of what does your what to call it cat hospital yeah <laughs> uh, there we go uh what, what do they do with it so for us um in the in the animal industry in particular um there it's not something where it's as it's in as high a demand to have mm-hmm. this kind of testing available so we yeah. don't do skin prick testing or anything like that there there might be some uh vet schools that have something in the works but in terms of what's available commercially there's not really anything like that they do have blood tests that can be run the problem with the blood test is a lot of times what it's looking for is specific ige antibodies okay um ige stands for immunoglobulin e and it's a type of antibody that's only found in mammals so this wouldn't work on like birds or lizards but it's um it's made by your plasma cells and it's one of the um it's part of your immune response to things like parasites and things like that but it's also part of your response to allergens so when when your body comes in contact with an allergen um 
I'm just looking, making sure I get my exact track right. Um, your Im, your immunoglobulin E, uh, which again is part of your immune system, so it's naturally in your system. What it does is it binds to the allergen. So, like as an example, let's say I was allergic to grass pollen. Yeah. I don't think I am because it's usually not an issue for me. But let's say I was allergic to grass pollen. So yeah. my body gets exposed to grass pollen. My IgE, my immunoglobulin E antibodies, bind onto the grass pollen to protect me. Um, gotcha. But then because they're protecting me from something that they recognize as a threat, when they then bind to a receptor – on my mast cells or basophil cells, which are also part of your immune system, it triggers the release of histamine because the body is trying to deal with a potential inv invasion of something that it's not supposed to have. I'm with you. Um, so basically, it, it's like it's like the pollen. I'm, I'm trying to think of like an easy like analogy for anyone who wants a really good, um, like somewhat easy to follow. Uh, cartoon of this if you've ever heard of the show cells at work it's an anime but they have a it, cells at work they did a very 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 good job doctors have actually watched the show and reviewed it on like youtube and stuff um like dr mike on youtube um but basically what they did is the world that the anime characters are in is a human body and so there's different oh. types of people in the world there's red blood cell people who are transporting things everywhere there's platelets and there's white blood cells who are fighting all the invaders they made the viruses and bacteria look really crazy stuff like that mm. and so yeah, it's it's, okay. it's not child friendly there's there's sure. some gore when they're fighting the bacterias and stuff so if okay. you've got a little kid i wouldn't recommend watching it with them necessarily but if you just want to watch an episode on the pathways and how things kind of work, it's a very oh. interesting display of it. And it's I think it's easier to follow because you get you create basically a persona with the different characters that represent the different cells that are at work. That's cool. Um, so I would recommend looking for that if you want like a cartoon, more expanded version of what I'm going over right now. But mm -hmm. basically what happens is the, the pollen comes in and invades your body. That invader yeah. is captured by a guard, by the immunoglobulin E cells, and taken yeah. to a prison. The prison is the receptor cell, which is on the mast cellar basophils. Because there's now a prisoner there, it um, creates a response in the system to deal with it and judge it and get it shipped out to wherever it's going to go whether it's like a full-on prison instead of just the jail you just stuck it in or whatever. That system of processing it to deal with it is your histamine response. Cool. All right. Yeah. Does you. this making sense? <laughs> it is a little bit. Uh, okay. It's, I, I'm keeping up kind of just, but this is because it's still very new to me. Basically, it's it, but it's just the way that your body is trained to keep you as safe as possible, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so basically your immune system responds to this. It, it For whatever reason, it, it recognizes yeah. it as a threat. And mm -hmm. then because it recognizes the allergen as a threat, your body responds to it. And the histamine response is what causes all of the um, – it causes a reaction and uh, your neurotransmitters 
and that's when you get the inflammatory response and it's also when you get the like um all of the like snot and watery yeah. eyes and everything it's an it's an and immune response yeah. It, it yeah the histamine triggers those kinds of responses in different parts of your body that and that's why allergy meds like benadryl are called antihistamines and they work very fast uh they can it depends on the antihistamine okay but... no because there are some that you take which are preventative and then there's some that you take like an EpiPen. oh you're talking about epinephrine yeah so yeah. um benadryl uh the chemical name is actually diphenhydramine <laughs> yes i know <laughs> random knowledge bouncing around in my head that most I people mean, don't know don't need to I know mean, you work with you work in the health sector it makes sense that you know. yeah um but diphenhydramine and epinephrine they both end with i-n-e um one interesting tidbit there's no, some to do with this but not entirely is that a lot of um medications and things uh chemicals that get used in medicine yeah. um if they end with the same suffix it quite often though not always means they are related chemicals so the same type of chemical mm -hmm. so like steroids often end with own o-n-e prednisone cortisone sure yeah and they have a similar makeup to each other yeah that yes. makes sense. um penicillin a lot of penicillin derivatives will end with illin so like amoxicillin and penicillin are related and they both end with illin, you know, things like that. We try, there's little yeah, groupings yeah, yeah. to try to make it easier. Okay. Yeah. So, um, your antihistamine, antihistamines, uh, and, um, in particular Benadryl and epinephrine get used a lot. Um, gotcha. Uh, okay. Uh, I have one more question, I think, before we go into the break. Okay. Lactose intolerance. Is that an allergy? it's not quite the same no food okay. and in, food intolerances are a little different okay i was just curious because it's still going into the body but it's uh, the way i uh, the way i was sort of understood it is that in, your intolerance is it's just your body struggles to process it yeah so food intolerances not allergies so yeah. food, they're food allergies. Like if someone eats a peanut and goes into anaphylactic shock, yeah. that's an allergy. Yeah, yeah, food yeah. intolerances are things like being lactose intolerant, like you just mentioned, yeah. like not being able to drink milk. That doesn't have to do with a immunoglobulin response. It doesn't have to do sure. with your um, your immune system responding to a threat. What that has to do with usually it depends it might depend slightly on the particular intolerance i'd have to look them all up to tell you every single one but yeah, yeah, like lactose intolerance in particular i know is because your body doesn't have enough of a specific chemical or enzyme that you need to digest that particular food gotcha so, so basically the body struggles with it which is why you go into a lot of discomfort and all that kind of thing Yes. So lactose intolerance is a, a perfect example because when we're little, we have the enzymes present that help us break down the milk. Like that's, you know, we're mammals. We drink milk when we're babies. That's how it works. But as we get older, our bodies generally don't um, produce as much of that particular enzyme because right. as we grow older, it's recognized, like our system recognizes that we're not having water to drink becomes, the milk anymore. Yeah, water becomes like the main thing right yeah. the other thing is too um 
in particular, keep in mind, we're drinking cow's milk. We're not drinking human milk when we become adults and drink milk. We're drinking cow's milk. And so the particular um, proteins that are needed, the well, sorry, enzymes are proteins. The particular enzymes that yeah. are needed to break down the, the milk, the lactose they in the milk. They don't match. Right. We don't necessarily have them. And some people have them more than others. That's why some people can handle milk and others can't. Although for most people, if you drink enough milk and have enough lactose in your system, your your stomach's going to have a reaction. It's yeah. not necessarily going to be as severe. No, you're just going to feel sick. Right. Yeah. If you have right. enough milk, especially as Which an adult... Why- yeah, because which is why milk eating, which is why milk drinking contests exist, because apparently people like to put themselves through pain. I don't get it, but it's whatever. People are crazy. Yeah. But yeah, you can have um. So a food intolerance is something you can have without necessarily having an actual allergic reaction. Now, on the yeah. flip side of that, someone who eats shellfish or a peanut and has everything start swelling, that's not a food intolerance anymore. That's an actual allergy. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually really interesting. I didn't know if there was a difference. That's something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've basically gone over. So we're going to go into our when break. When did we not? <laughs> I mean, that's valid. All right. So yeah. We are going to go into our break, do that bit, and then we're going to talk about a little bit more maybe of symptoms and stuff like that because we've only just very briefly touched on that. But either way, we'll be back in a minute, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, see you then. Hi, everyone. Hi. And- oh. Oh, go ahead. Uh, now we tried to talk at the same time. We're really good at this. Hi, guys. Uh, we're doing the mid-roll. Hi. Uh, the thing. Uh, <laughs> I like to call it the thing. I don't understand why I call it the thing. Probably because my brain isn't fast enough to keep up with the words. But, uh, yes, we are going to be talking about the things. Uh, the things that we like, made by the things, the people. People are things, too. <laughs> made by the people that we, that we like quite a bit and they like us uh heather what was that (laughs) that was me trying to put my glasses back on and my uh one of my earbuds was caught around my glasses yeah that was really funny because it was just dangling in front of me (laughs) okay uh so uh, a small tension aside i imagine we're going to be talking about world animal first we normally tend to yep so uh, I'm going to start off by talking about World Anvil, like Russ mentioned. World Anvil's an amazing website and campaign management software and also book writing uh, software to a certain extent because it helps you create basically a wiki of your world. So if you're an author trying to flesh out your world and give yourself an easy space to build in that will help you keep track of who links with who and what countries link where and all that sort of thing. Or if you're a dungeon master or game master and you want to flush out the world you're creating for your players, it's an amazing tool. They actually won an any award for uh, being such an amazing campaign management mm-hmm. software. And the best part is that it's free to sign up. You can sign up for free. And then if you love the features and want to get access to some of the more uh, higher tier things that you can do with it, then all you have to do yeah. is buy a membership. And they're an amazing website amazing people they're always updating things always adding new features and things you can do and i definitely recommend you check it out it's worldanvil.com absolutely uh also people we love uh, quite a bit are the lovely people at dieharddice.com they have wonderful pretenders dice 
which they uh, create. They own their own mold for, or they design their own mold for their metal dice, making them super easy mm-hmm. to read. Their colors are super, super vibrant. Uh, and they tested all the house with their all their series they do with their small wetter series and their brimstone collection. They also have their own line of polymer dice, uh, which covers their moonstone series, uh, the blue and purple moonstone right now. They're gorgeous. They shine so beautifully. Everyone loves dice. You can find any sort of dice that you're looking for by color, or by class, or by material. And they also have great great accessories like their pop up. Uh, dice trays, all their scroll of rolling, which is a portable dice map which can hold two sets of dice and an extra one. It's just a great, uh, great thing for uh, DD on the go, which or just compact storage, which you know you need for because you've got to have room for all your other dice. Obviously. This is true. Uh, so yeah, if you do go to the to diadose.com, you do find anything you like, you can use the code Geek thyself to get fifteen percent. One five fifteen off your first or your next order. They have free domestic shipping uh, or US shipping, and they have discounted international shipping. So it's good for everyone. We love them. We love dice. Everyone needs more dice, especially if you're playing a lot more uh, DD right now, because I pretty much think everyone is. I know mm-hmm. that Roll Twenty <laughs> went down when we tried to play our game last week. Oh no. How- because of the volume of people playing. It was fixed in like 20 minutes, so it was fine. But yeah, so if you do want to get dice to roll, because it's always better to roll your own dice, because the algorithms hate you, and they do not like you in the Roll20 thing, or they don't like me anyway, you can go to dieharddice.com to get some pretty shiny blackies. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, with all of that, I guess we'll get back into the last five minutes of the episode. We say that, it's probably going to be longer. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, welcome back. We are now in the second half or second, third, third. <laughs> uh, I don't know what time is anymore. <laughs> I've been in my house for three weeks. I mean, fair. I still uh, am keeping track of time, but I'm still going to work four days a week. Yes, so, yeah. And if uh, for anyone who's wondering, that's a full work week for me because we work four 10-hour days instead of five eight-hour days. Yeah, uh, my sister did the same when she was at work. Uh, obviously, I've been out of the house to do general exercise and stuff, but they're also encouraging that you don't go out every day. Well, mm-hmm. uh, yes and no, because obviously with the... the I just don't like it. My body doesn't like it. I want to be at work. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed working, but that's not the topic. The topic, we've actually already done a COVID-19 one. Uh, Mm -hmm. Heather did it by herself, because that was when we were trying to plan for WonderCon and get ahead on episodes, and then we we didn't go to WonderCon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we talked about the, the way the body responds to it and why it's a problem. Uh, yeah, the types are hay fever, like we already said, or pollen allergies, food mm-hmm. allergies. Uh, uh, apparently, asthma is a form of it. Um, there's, yeah, so there's a type of asthma specifically called allergic asthma. Okay. Um, asthma itself is a common, uh, well, I mean, there's quite a few people who have it, but it's a yeah, long term. Yeah, it's it's a long term inflammatory disease of the airways um, with, uh, and the with lungs. The lungs. Yeah, 
Yeah. And uh, the medicine that you take basically forces them to reopen. Is that I, that's kind of what I get from it? Uh, one of the medicate, yeah. Uh, a lot of the medications that get taken for asthma, um, whether it's allergic asthma or regular asthma, yeah. they tend to be things that are um, anti-inflammatory. So there's yeah. there's medications where it's it's like a a lot of um, not a lot, sorry. Some inhalers have uh, a little bit of a steroid in them. It's okay. not always a pure steroid, but like uh, yeah. one of the inhalers we use for cats is called fluticasone. Again, okay. it's an O-N-E. It's a, it's a steroid. So it's a fluticasone inhaler. And um, it's something that you do for an asthmatic cat. It's usually on the extreme end of treatment. So this is like the cats that have really bad asthma. Yeah. Um, which uh, for anyone who's curious, yes, cats can get asthma. <laughs> uh, yeah, because steroids is one of the other main forms of treatment for allergies along mm-hmm. with uh, uh, antihistamines and epinephrine like the ones we talked about yeah yeah well the antihistamines like the benadryl um yeah. and epinephrine and stuff they um they specifically help block the histamine response which yeah. then means your body doesn't have this like super strong inflammatory response that yeah. causes everything else but um, things like steroids are also anti-inflammatory medications. So, so it helps the swelling go back down. Yes. So um, steroids don't necessarily get used to prevent you from having the initial onset of no, a reaction. Is, but they yeah. more so get used to help with the inf- inflammation period, which is yeah. why they work Asthma's, so well for asthma. Yeah. yeah. Because people take it when they're struggling to breathe. And that right. helps... Co- open up there, basically reduce the swelling in their airways so they can breathe again. Makes sense. Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. the steroids bring down the inflammation, and for Mm -hmm. people who have chronic asthma and and allergic types of asthma where something triggers it, getting rid of the inflammation helps calm down the response so that they can breathe easier. Another medication that gets used a lot for uh, things like asthma, um, it probably gets used for other things too, but I know of it being used for asthma, is a medication called terbutaline. Okay, I've never heard of it. Um, it's a bronchodilator. Um, okay. So basically your bronchial tubes that are kind of uh, right at the base of your neck area leading mm-hmm. down into your lungs. One of the things that can happen with asthma and um, in particular allergic asthma and that sort of thing is that those bronchial tubes become very swollen. Mm-hmm. And if they're too swollen, they block airflow. So a a bronco, exactly. So a bronco dilator makes those open. Gotcha. Um, It helps keep those bronchial tubes open, even if they're a little inflamed. So it makes it easier to breathe, even if you do have inflamed bronchial tubes. Um, And that's actually one of the reasons why bronchitis um, can cause uh, throat pain. Mm -hmm. It's it's right because it's in that same region, so you end up with both. Uh, so yeah, we've talked pretty much about most of the allergens now. Yeah, I mean uh, there are there are other types of allergic responses too. We were specifically talking about like hay fever type responses yeah, where you like get the, the common ones that right the, the coughing and sneezing and runny, itchy, watery eyes, that kind of thing. That's generally referred to as a hay fever type of allergy. Yeah. There and are also as well. Yeah, you can get hives. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then there's uh, obviously shortness of breath in, in in asthma's case, and then swelling, and then more sneezing, and that kind of thing. 
Mm -hmm. And there are some food allergies where you don't necessarily have the anaphylaxis, but you get some sort of skin reaction or like um, an example of one. Like a rash maybe? You know, sometimes, but an example of one, and it's not a big secret. He tells people all the time because we have to. My husband has a nut allergy, but okay. it's not um, it's not to peanuts, actually. Interesting. His allergy is to tree nuts, specifically. Oh, like acorn stuff. Yeah, well, like walnuts and almonds okay. and things like that. So l- peanuts, for anyone who doesn't know, this is another random tidbit. Peanuts are okay. actually a legume, like a bean. Okay. They grow okay. underground. Right. Um, so they're not technically a nut the same way like a uh, almond or walnut is. Yeah, which come on trees and then drop right. out. Right, right. Yeah. So okay. it, it's specifically tree nuts that he's allergic to. Um, and his is not severe. He can eat an almond or something and he's not going to die. But he, um, what he gets, though, is he gets almost like little cold sores in his mouth. Oh. Oh, that's, that like, no, it's it's uncomfortable. He does not like it. We we avoid tree nuts in this house. <laughs> I mean, valid, yeah. <laughs> For the but most part, no. um, I eat some occasionally, but it's always something where he knows that there's tree nuts in it, and he avoids whatever it is that I have in the house that I'm eating. He can be in the same house in it and not have a reaction. Yeah, because there are some people who like even if they're just in the area of like peanuts and stuff, they can get a reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's nowhere near that severe. But yeah, he gets like little sores in his mouth. They're almost like cold sores and stuff, but he'll get them on like his tongue and things Ugh. from eating the tree nuts. So it's, that, yeah, he doesn't care for it. That sounds really painful. Yeah, he hates it. So he avoids tree nuts. <laughs> but that's an yeah. example of a food allergy that's not necessarily a severe food allergy. And I know um, like one of my coworkers has an allergy to pineapple. Okay. The acidity, it's so acidic that mm. she's uh, she has kind of an allergic reaction to the pineapple and her tongue gets yeah. really swollen and irritated. Mm. Not so swollen she can't breathe or anything like that, but she, but she just, just avoids it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so some food allergies are very mild. And then you have the more severe ones like the peanut mm. allergies that most people think of where that you have to have the epinephrine pen handy and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, so basically, different levels of severity. I, I think most are generally fairly low risk in general. Like, most allergies are. I mean, yeah. some of the food allergies in particular, and like bee stings and spider bites, are the ones that cause the most trouble. Usually, yeah. for most people, pollen and things like that, you're not going to have the super severe anaphylactic reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much all we've got for allergens, I think, that we talked about. Which is good, because we are again over time. Like, we always yeah, are. when are we not? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair, but it's only like five minutes, so it's actually pretty good for us. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Generally, they're pretty common. Or, and you might not even realise you've got some, if they're super, super low, uh, like, effectiveness, I guess, is the, the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, if your body doesn't have a super strong response. So um, we mentioned the blood testing that can be done. Yeah. yeah. And the blood testing, a lot of the ways that that one works is that they look for your levels of IgE yeah. in your bloodstream. And that IgE, the immunoglobulin E, yeah. tells them 
like what kind of allergies you might have and also how severe your allergies might be based off of how much is present. There's a little more to it, but that's like a simplified version. And um, how specific and how accurate it is depends on the particular test, unfortunately. So that's something you'd have to discuss with your doctor if you're looking at getting one. But people who have less IgE, um, generally speaking, there's, there's variations on this, but they are more likely to have less severe allergies because their body doesn't have the IgE binding to the allergen and causing the histamine response the same way. So someone who doesn't have Ig who doesn't have allergies, like I don't have very severe severe allergies at all, and you mentioned yeah. you don't really have any. It yeah. probably means you don't have um, as much IgE floating around in your system. So there's less for it to grab onto, basically. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That makes sense. I think there's some variations of it where you also have fewer receptors that will accept the IgE with the allergen, but I'd have to look into that more to be 100% sure. Yeah, that's totally fair. All right. Well, I think it's probably a good place to end, unless you can think of anything else to mention before we... No, I I think we covered, you know, a good basics. Again, I I would recommend strongly... That if you want like a visual representation that's a little easier to follow yeah, of how your show. of how your body responds to an allergen, look up the show Cells at Work. It's on and YouTube, spe- yeah? Uh, oh, is it I don't know if they have YouTube? it on YouTube. I've seen it on like it's on Netflix, I know for okay, sure. Okay, Netflix, okay. You can find it on well, you can find it on American Netflix. I will say I don't know because I know the British shows are not always the same. But um no, British you, Netflix is Yeah. Uh... It's different. <laughs> It's called Cells at Work, and I definitely recommend you check it out. It's it's definitely not child-friendly. There's a lot of gore. There's a lot of killing of the monsters, and the monsters are the different viruses and bacteria and stuff. But it's a, a well-done show in terms of accurate representation of some of the chemical pathways and stuff. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> well, with all of that being said... Uh, keep safe if you have allergies. Keep mm-hmm. safe just in general because there's enough there's enough bad things going around right now. I know. Uh, hopefully Allergy next, season is upon us. Yes. Uh, next week we will be doing a lighter topic, I think, mm-hmm. which is fun. Uh, until then, we will see you soon. Have a wonderful week. Uh, enjoy doing research into deeper allergies or watching cells at work if that's <laughs> your cup of tea. Everyone's got a bit more time right now. Well, most people do, at least. Uh, Yeah, not all of us, but some. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, it's all a mess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We we will talk to you very soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Geek thyself.